0: Yes, what's happening folks? Welcome back to Celtic Fans TV. It's live, full-time reaction to Rangers now, Celtic 1 at Ibrox. I've got Darren and Martin with me to go over that game today. Um, Martin, we'll start with you, mate. I think off the back of those last two performances and, and seeing the team um, coming into the game, I think there was a few, uh, a few trepidatious Celtic supporters, let's say. Um, but I thought
1: we handled it. We handled it very, very well, and we came away with a big one. Uh, it was it was massive. I mean, all I year the Celtic fans probably, if they're being honest, would say they weren't looking forward to today, and you know, on the build up, and for me, that this was a massive week, Paul, a huge, huge week after the disappointment of getting out in the cup, um, and then of course our, our home result against St Johnston, you know, the team who, who are probably struggling the most in the league, and we expect to get a few goals against. So you come into this big week. Lots and lots of negativity around the club, predominantly coming from our own fans, we've been honest. I mean, it's bad enough the outside media are giving us a hard time, but our own fans are, are acting as if, you know, we've, we've not won a trophy for 10 years. Um, real, real concern. And and I get the agitation around, we've not gone out and spent absolute fortunes on signings, but a number of things happening this week. first one was, um, not that we should concern ourselves with what's happening across the city, but, you know, would Rangers managed to get through in that big game um, against PSV and get themselves into the Champions League? Would we, would we be the only club to represent Scotland in the Champions League so that, that went in our favour um, and then to see the Champions League draw which again I think went, went in our favour You know, we didn't get any huge glamorous ties but we got games that we can hopefully compete in so that was good news could we get some further sign-ins um, and of course we, we did bring some more personnel into the club could we retain the talent that we've got and, and tick in the box there and of course the biggest thing of the whole week for by all of that was, was could we go to Ibrox and, and avoid defeat um, I think it was probably what most people would have taken a draw before the game. But not only did we do that, but we went, we went and got a victory today. So everything that could have went our way this week went our way. It's been a huge week for the club. Um, I'm absolutely delighted, not just for the result as a Celtic fan, but I'm hoping this will silence some of the critics. Um, it's far too early in the season for the the, the massive overreaction that there's been, you Know that the team are, are in a bad place. Um and, and I think not not only Brendan Rodgers but the players themselves have, have earned themselves a lot of credit and, and respect from from the fan base. I, I could not be happier. As I say, not just with the result, but 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 to to put some of the fans inside the club and outside the club back in the box. Um, you know we are much stronger than what the last couple has also proven, and, and and a big big week for the club.
0: Yeah, Darren. At the start of the game, you're expecting it to be frantic. It always is in these in these fixtures. And you know that going away to, to Ibrooks with zero away fans, it's going to be tough. Um, we end up losing a goal after 30 seconds, but um, Desters is clearly offside in the build-up. And you just thought after that, don't let them build up ahead of steam. Don't let the crowd get up. Don't let them get any momentum in the game. But to be honest, I thought after that, we, we calmed the game down really well. And Callum McGregor was getting a lot of time on it. Um and we dealt with that next 15-20 minutes very, very well. And we were a dominant team in the first half.
2: Yeah, and I, I did get a really bad feeling when, when that offside goal. Even though you knew it was offside before the, the flag came up, you just kind of felt that it was going to lead to to Rangers coming out of the traps because they'd do, they done it last time when we played them at Ibrox. And, you know, they were, they were 2-0 up within, I don't know, 10-15 minutes or whatever. And it kind of felt that way. But you're right, I think Rangers, I wouldn't say they took the foot off the gas, but maybe they didn't press as high as they normally did. And I, I kind of noticed that, like they gave scales and lag of a lot of time on the ball, I thought, which oh, is really sat like, off as they did. I know. And given that they knew the before going into the game, that our main weakness was in defence, they should have really took advantage of that. Like Dessler's and Roof, are not the quickest of players. And they just kind of sat off. Todd Campbell was a bit deeper, so he couldn't really get an impressive defence. Was and he playing? St- <laughs> I, I, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, <laughs> But you're right. And then it let Callum, McGreg- Callum McGregor get so much space. And it was, it was honestly, it was amazing to see compared to how he's been the last few weeks. He's a completely different player. I, I don't know if it's just because he got that space, which he's not normally getting. And Rangers sat off him allowed him to play a wee bit forward. I thought Matt O'Reilly had done really well in midfield as well. Turnbull, he was a bit of a passenger. I'm sure we'll come on to talk about them later on. But Callum McGregor was definitely a key player. Liam Scales, who I thought was amazing. it um, obviously, he was, he was quite not in the game, which he never really is. And that goal was unreal. I'm sure we'll come to talk about that. And you're right, I don't think Rangers troubled us as much as
0: any of us thought, to be honest. Hmm. Aye, Martin, you're expecting, I mean, I need to be honest, that there was so much to like about the Celtic performance in the first half. As I say, I thought we really calm, particularly after losing that offside goal, and you think there might be an atmosphere there. I thought we just controlled the game, dictated it. We had plenty of chances. Yogo has two that he really should do better with before he gets his his brilliant finish, which we all come on to just on the spoke at half-time. But um I, I need to be honest, that Rangers' performance was was dreadful. I, I don't know why for the life of me. They're coming up against a Celtic team who haven't scored for two weeks. Maybe a wee bit off form, off confidence. And they, they sat off as with their, their own crowd. I mean, it's one of the worst atmospheres I think I've ever seen. It's not often that I, I watch a game on the telly, and I'm usually really nervous when I need to watch it on the telly wasn't nervous at all at any point throughout the game the atmosphere never built up and that probably shows you the belief they've got in the, the team they're watching because it was such a limp performance for what you're expecting going away there in that environment and we we just controlled it, we absolutely controlled it uh, in that first half
1: I, I generally think the pressure was all on Rangers because as i was seen earlier on Paul that all the expectation was that Rangers were going to go out and beat us, nobody gave us a chance going into this game which is incredible when you look at the last 10 years in Scottish football but Part of the reason for that is because all the all the football fans out with um, out with ourselves that support Celtic, they all want somebody else to win it, and and whether that's because you've got a soft spot for Rangers or you've not, everybody wants to knock, um, you know, the victors off 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 their perch, right? No matter what the sport is, it's nothing to do with whether it's Celtic or not. So the Lionshire share of people want Celtic to get beat. So you've got all that pressure on you. Then you've got your own your own fans, you know, really disheartened this week. But what also comes with that is everybody's bigging up Rangers, as if all of a sudden they're a superstar team, and of course they're not. They've lost some of their prime assets, right? And the guys they've brought in, they've taken a the risk on a lot of them. They're not household names, right? So I've never been convinced. You look at some of the performances this year, you know, limp through the cup with a home, a home victory. Um, some of the other games they've played in the league at home as well, they've been unconvincing. And then, of course, they've gone out in Europe. So this is a weaker Rangers team to what they had last year. All these super, you know, alleged superstars and Ked Morales. And if you look at the season prior to that, they sold their prime assets as well. What Celtic have managed to do is to hold on to the line. Sure, those, of course, Joe was a disappointment, but we've held on to Carter, Vickers, Kyogo, Maeda, Abada. Obviously, our captain captain stayed. Hitati. Um, you know, we've held on to all those assets, and we have brought in some other, you know, what, what looks like decent signers. All of them are still to see. A lot of them are still to kick a ball for the club, but. We're in a position where we're arguably better off. It's an interesting debate to see if we think we're better off or not, but we've only had really Jota and uh, Startfield that have left, and we've brought in, spent £20 million, I think, on nine players that we brought in, and some of those big signings, £5 million plus. So you go into that game um, with a lot of pressure on, on the home team to get a result because there's an expectation there, bizarrely. right? I mean, I don't know who the bookies' favourite it was, but certainly a lot of Celtic fans I spoke to didn't give us much of a, much a chance. Partly because we've got some injuries with C V and Hitati as well, and, and then you know the bad run of form, albeit you know, that was restricted to to, to two results. One of the biggest arguments in, in in the pub after the game of football is was one team brilliant or was our team rubbish? And sometimes when one team's brilliant, it makes the other team look rubbish. And sometimes when one team's rubbish, it makes the other team look brilliant. So it, it was it was a bit like that after the commander was all, I personally felt command were really, really good. They had a game plan and they stuck to it and, and they restricted us in certain areas and it made us look poor. But of course, you're in the pub afterwards. We're certainly bad. They were commanding, brilliant. So a bit like that again today. Was it because we were so good and we executed the game plan that we didn't give Rangers the opportunity to press high, mm. or was it that Rangers were poor? Almost always, it's a combination of both, isn't it? I thought yeah. Cantwell, for example, today. You know, he's expected to be one of the key players, and I thought he was really, really quiet. And one of the reasons Cantwell was really, really quiet is because McGregor was so good. He was, he was absolutely in that first half, in particular, he was unplayable. He was excellent. Mm. And of course, you've got the high press. So, Rangers might want to do a high press against Celtic and, and take advantage of the scales. And, um you know, the, the, where the whole defence, you could argue, other than Johnston, you know, at left back and, and the two centre backs. But, of course, they've got to be, they've got to be a little bit cautious because we've got Maheda flying up the wing. We've got Kyogo buzzing about up front. So, we've got plenty going on as well. So, they need to be conscious of that counter attack. But I thought it was as much about Celtic imposing themselves in the game than it was about Rangers failing to impose themselves in the game. And that's, the, that's where the interesting debate comes in.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You reference that a lot. The, the difference between the two teams is one team playing well and one team poor. Um, do you know the one thing I do like about Cantwell, though? He's another one in a long line of Rangers players that does always talking off the pitch. He just can't deliver. Um, we've seen it time and time again. Um, and he was anonymous today. But you never know. Maybe we'll see the Rangers in the next, be, the real Rangers. That's it isn't it? game. <laughs> um Darren, before we went ahead, um, Rangers had another goal ruled out. Dessers, Rob Slager, Bielka, um, squares it for Roof. I, I mean I think it there's no doubt he was, he was dilly-dallying on the ball, he, he just looked lost he was turning into trouble um, he definitely got away with it but I mean it looks like a hard one to call if it went against you you'd, you'd be upset but I don't think there's any doubt that in the act of trying to pass the ball with his left foot Dessers has impeded him and it's a foul
2: uh well, I, you kind of stole the words right out of my mouth there, Paul, because, like you said, if it happened to us, I'm sure we'd be sitting here right now saying it's soft, and it was soft, and I don't know how you look at it, I don't know what the rules are these days with, you know, because it's Lager Bielka who's basically kicked um, Dessel's foot, if you want, so, I mean, we're also, we're not going to say it's not a foul because we're Celtic fans at the end of the day, but, I mean, I'm sure if you we listen to the phone-ins... Throughout the week, it's all gonna be how the, the rangers have been cheated. I mean, you heard see when the referee went to the monitor and opposed whistle to give a foul, they cheered. <laughs> That's just how accustomed they are to getting decisions at iBrooks. They're not used to getting decisions <laughs> given against them at iBrooks, and they're actually chatting they're chatting actually where he
0: was pointing.
2: They're actually chatting about the SFA, which is sheer delusional, in my opinion. So maybe just yeah. give them like a taste of their own medicine, not a taste of their own medicine, just show that maybe they can of get every single decision against them. I actually said in the group chat, like after that decision happened, I'm pretty 100% sure we've got a penalty against them. And for lack of trying, they did try and get these soft penalties. Can't well bump bumping into Maeda and all that, but you know, it just never came. Actually, you know, we don't often say this, but I thought the referee had a really good game today.
0: Hmm. I, I mean, I thought ultimately it was the right decision. Um, Listen, as you say, if they're going against you, you'd be upset, but it's a foul. Um It does look like Lagerbilk kicks Dessers, but that's because he puts his foot in, and it's almost like he's tripped him up in that action as well, Dessers, So his, his <laughs> leg does a, does get there, but Lagerbilk in the in the act of trying to pass it back with his left foot. Um, so, aye, it, it's it's a foul. Um Martin, what did you make of that?
1: Uh, when I when I seen it a lifetime, I, I, I thought. It wasn't a foul, but when I watched it back a few times, each time I watched that, I was more convinced that it was a foul. And before the referee ran over at the monitor, I mean, the first thing is when the referee gets asked to go to the monitor, more often than not, you know what the outcome's going to be. Um, and that's because there's something I'm going to have a look at, because there's a, a suggestion that a mistake's been made. But During the process, I'm looking at the monitor, when I showed that now 2 or three times on the telly, I, I became more and more convinced that it was there that, that was a foul. I mean, there wasn't much in it, but I generally thought it was a foul. Didn't pay much attention to the half-time debate over it, so I'm not sure what, what the thoughts were in the studio. Um, I think Neil Lennon was too, too busy winding get. up.
2: Chris Boyd was raging. Chris
1: get. Boyd was <laughs> raging. I think Neil Lennon was too busy winding up. Uh, certainly Chris Boyd in particular, and I thought he did a good job of that as well. Um, but I, I thought, at my conclusion, and genuinely, I, I know you're always biased, but my conclusion was it was, it was a most and it was the right decision. I, I don't think Ibox. We know Celtic fans in there that you're going to get, you're going to get the 50-50. So, you know, the ref and the experts have had a look at it really, really closely. I'm sure i have made the right decision. I think the officials as well, are, are officials who haven't, we haven't given us decisions in the recent past. Um, so I don't think they expected to get any favours today, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure the, the decision was the right one. Aye. Um,
0: Darren, it, we'll get towards half-time, two minutes added. Um, Joe Hart plays a goal kick up the pitch. Goldson makes a poor clearing header, uh, back to the halfway line. O'Reilly heads it forward. And for the life of me, live, I thought well, he must be offside because he was clearly behind Goldson, but I think it was maybe Souter that was three yards deeper. Um, but the ball's dropped him over Kyogo's shoulder and you think he's got time. He had time with his second chance in the first half. He had lots of time. Could have cut it back for a bad, I didn't. Wasted it and you think sometimes you can have too much time running through in the keeper and you think, how is he going to deal with this one? He didn't even take a touch. He just smashed it into the bottom corner. It made a brilliant <laughs> noise against the net. But because there's no Celtic fans in the stadium and it's dead silence, you think, maybe it is offside. Like, I almost didn't celebrate it I'd seen the replay.
2: Well, do you know what else? The reason I thought it was offside because Kyogo was little to no celebration. Like I, 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 <laughs> Normally when you score in that fixture, you're running the dugout or into the fans or something. Kyogo just kind of struts away. I was like, oh no, is the flag going up? Because you can't see the linesman for the camera angle.
0: But it, it, it,
2: it was such a... I it's, it's a really easy goal to be honest, because, like you said, it was a, it's quite a poor, not poor cleaners from Golton, but he's just cleaning his lines to be honest, and it's came to Matt O'Reilly, and that's just a simple header. The Rangers' defense are at sixes and sevens, as you can, as you said, like Souter and Golton, they're not in line with each other, so that's why initially, like it looks offside initially, and then Kyogo obviously just hits it first time, which, it, um, what a finish by the way, what a oh. finish to do that at a stadium like Ibrox is, is amazing and. I think the only reason they've done that is because, like you said, I don't know, was it five, ten minutes before, he had too much time because it was a great ball in him from Matt O'Reilly. His first touch was good, but then he kind of got the ball stuck under his foot a little bit mm. and then he wanted to wait that initial second until it was in front of him again and it gave Goldson enough time to kind of get back and clear his line. So I thought that's kind of why I, then he's just like, you know what, I've, I messed up the first chance, I'm just going to put my laces through it and you don't really see, I, I can't remember I've seen Kyogo score from outside the box, you know what? That's mental. Mm. But I yeah, think that one they had done
0: been, the United last season, didn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, when he
2: scored the hat-trick. Yeah, yeah. But it came at a perfect time, I think, 42, uh, 45 minutes into the second minute added time. It just took. I think it took the stuff at the Rangers mm. going into half-time. It obviously changed both teams' team, team talks a little bit because mm-hmm. the game was pretty... Celtic so were the better team going into half-time, but obviously if we came back out the second half, we would still need to open up a wee bit and leave gaps. But going into the second half, I think we never really pushed forward for there. We just kind of took it easy a bit because Rangers never gave us too much threat. We just kind of sat back a bit and said to them, you know what, we're happy for you to come at us because you've not created nothing. We're just mm-hmm. going to sit back a wee bit and then that's when, because Kyogo was invisible the second half and that's mm-hmm. when I was kind of saying like, look, Kyogo needs to come off and get on because we need that big physical guy up front because um, at an outball sort of thing and that actually kind of helped when he came on, I thought, because we actually... Got the ball up to O. you know just goaling clearances to get it up to O. He brought it down? We actually got a few chances from him. This is when Rangers had opened up with like ten minutes left and we actually could have killed the game a wee bit. Mm. So I think that goal came at the, the perfect time just to to, to keep us going into the rest of the game.
0: Aye, ah, it was it was the perfect time to score a goal, Martin. it always is right before half time. Totally changes the complexion of the game. Um six goals in his last six games against Rangers for Kyogo. Um that is a goal that we'll remember. For years, the the special goals you think about, at Ibrox. Technically speaking, I mean that is incredible. It, he, that's the hardest thing he could have done when that ball was coming through him. The hardest thing to do is take it first time and the volley over your shoulder <laughs> and put it in the mm-hmm. bottom corner. What a what a finish! Ah,
1: uh, it was absolutely brilliant. And, and you see the angle from behind the goal as well. The keepers nowhere near it. It's just precision. Um, struck it through so, well. I struck it so well and. One one of the many many things I love about Kyogo. I know you're a huge fan, Paul, and I've been for a long time. been telling us forever how good he is. He, he's just so composed. He, he really is. He's, he, he plays on his toes, so he's always on the move. Um, as Dan said a couple of times on on, on this on this particular session, it doesn't have to necessarily be in the game, but he'll do a lot of running off the ball, so he'll pull players away out of position and, and just be a pest because you know you think you're marking him and then whereas he, he disappears. But he's, he's finishing, you know how clinical he is, and his goals in big games as well. It's just, I mean, we cannot underestimate the importance of keeping him at the club. You know, we're all gutted that Jota moved on. Right, Jota had great spells at the club, and then he had spells where he was a wee bit sort of fell fell, fell away um, and 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 didn't feature in some of the, some of the games. Kyogo's always been there. He's, he's massive. If there's one player you want to keep out all our players from last year, it would have been Kyogo, and unquestionably, probably alongside CCV. And the fact they've managed to hold on to the two of them alongside some of the other prime assets, we, we cannot underestimate that. You know, We're talking about not having made any £20, 20 signings, £10 million pound sign-ins. Kyogo's at £20 million because we've kept him at the club. Mm. He's he's a huge player for us. And when you've got Kyogo on the team, you've got a chance. I mean, that game we played against Rangers last year, we lost 3-0. Kyogo didn't play in that game. Um, we we'll was start to think earlier on, Paul, and I've not got the stats in front of me, but how many times have we played at Rangers with no fans? Obviously, there was a famous John Collins free kick all those years ago, where you know Darren talked about the silence. And was that a goal? Or was it not a goal? It was a bit like that back then. albeit there was more of a celebration. But um, to go there and score points,
0: that day? I think you finished one each, didn't
1: it? Aye, but I think did we did we open the score that day? I think we yeah, did. But I yeah. just remember the free kick and just remember the feeling of wow, you know what 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 a goal and and the Rangers fans' reaction. And this is where it's really really interesting. Around is is there going to be uh, opposition fans or not? Rangers did not bring a benefit to, 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 to the club today at all. I mean, it's all very much pre-match build-up or the rest of it. But because the game didn't go in their favour, that they are the type of fans that get on top of it. I mean, they were booing at half-time. They were booing when Roof went off. They all left before the end. You know, they weren't hanging about to see if they got an equaliser. An equaliser was never going to be enough. They knew themselves the right was on the wall. There was absolutely no chance of getting two goals. So, you know, the absence of the away fans today... Um, worked against them, and, and, and they're not that type of club, and they're not that type of fans that would you know, when things aren't going too well, the, the TV is getting thrown out the window type thing. So, um, I re- really, really loved that. Just got to be there to celebrate with the team because it would have been another great day uh, at Ibrox. absolutely. Aye,
0: that's a good point. Yeah, <coughs> it's it's brilliantly ironic, isn't it, that this situation that Rangers have created has come to work against them because they've got a team that can't handle pressure playing in front of their own fans. Um, I, I'm asking you if that John Collins game finished one each, because I think this could be the first time um, that the opposition have won an away game and a derby um, between the two teams when there's been zero away supporters. Um, certainly certainly in this recent these recent years when it's happened, it's always really helped the home team. But today, I mean, that's what I'm saying. In the second half, Rangers have chances, and we'll come on to talk about how, we helped them a wee bit because we were slacking possession and we, we gave it away too often at times. But even when, when they got half chances, I didn't feel like the crowd were really there with them. I, th- I thought they just chucked it. There was dead dead silence. The atmosphere never really got going at any point in the game. And Martin's right, Dan. It did. It, it totally worked against them.
2: Yeah. Um, I think the fans going into this game, obviously on the back of a horrendous result, were obviously expecting a result. And it's kind of, because this is basically their full strength team. This is the, they've run out of excuses now for Michael Beal because there's going to be a hell of a lot of pressure on him. I know we'll, we'll talk about Rangers and this is a Celtic, but we'll talk about Celtic, but we'll also talk about Rangers because that's the media is obviously going to talk about Rangers because this was their game to win. This was their game to win, right? Michael Beal said umpteen amount. Of, I don't know how much money he spent on players, but he's got a six million pound striker who's hopeless. Didn't even start. That's how much confidence he's got on him. So the fans, are, this is he's going to be under a lot of pressure this week. The fans are on his back. You saw the ones that stayed behind at the end were, you know, they, they had no reason or enthusiasm to, you know, cut the players off the pitch. They were angry. They stayed and right behind to go. boo them, didn't they? They stayed behind to boo them because this is a Celtic team who is so decimated with injuries, out of form, this, this was their... They could have went top of the league if they won the game. Now they're, now they're going home on the bus. right now four points behind Celtic. And Celtic will only get better as the team start to train under Rogers, as the injuries start coming back. This was their one chance to get ahead of us and try and keep that lead going as long as possible and they put it.
0: Aye, absolutely. I couldn't agree more, Martin. We finished that game with a, def, a back four of Ralston, Lagerbielka, Scales and Burnaby. I mean... That they will never face a weaker Celtic defense this season than that. Um, and to be fair, Darn's right, you mentioned it earlier. Scale stood up and defended well. I thought Lager Bielka, he it, it was, de- was very nervous, very nervous on the ball a couple of times in the second half as well. He was just giving it away far too easily. He was inviting pressure at times. Um, I think that's where we were fortunate that, that the crowd were not with Rangers because. I think at times in the second half we did give it away too cheaply in our own half um, but they never they could never muster anything they never made anything of it but I thought Lagabielka was nervous um, Jury's out in Burnaby. I mean that that is a depleted back four that we finished the game with but I mean credit to them they come out with a clean sheet and, and Joe Hart contributes to that as well with a couple of decent saves
1: Yeah I mean we, we said that when, when Celtic are really struggling under Lennon you know the performance of an individual player is very much reliant on who's round about them so you know, if you put if you put um, you know Taylor in in a Barcelona team, he's going to look a much better player than you would if you put him in. You know, playing for de de right? Because because you've got better players around about you. Um, and we certainly found that when we had, for example, when we had Barca's and goals, and he was having an absolute nightmare, right? And then the guys in front of him were struggling, Duffy and Cole were struggling. So you found then it made McGregor and Brown and players like that look bad. They were playing in goals practically because we haven't come so deep, so they then couldn't do their offensive work. So. I, I do think that players like Taylor struggling a little bit just now is partly because of the, he's not got settled personnel around about him, and you know the team the team as a collective haven't yet got their act together, and even the absence of CCV being an obvious one. You know we've said before he could probably play in defence himself, and, and you wouldn't you wouldn't notice. Interestingly enough, I think Scales has maybe maybe been awarded man of the match today, um, which is which is incredible, and you know mm-hmm. great credit to him because he's been really really patient. Obviously he went out and played Aberdeen and and Did reasonably well. The fact that we've, we've brought in three replacement players and CCV will be back before we know it. Um, you know how much game time scale is going to get, but you know who knows? He, he might he might go on and get a bit more game time certainly in the next few weeks, depending on how quickly the new guys come in and, and get their place. I think a lot of people expected Phillips to be brought in for for, for today mm-hmm. just to slot right in, um, but no. The manager's obviously seen enough of scales that He, he trusted he him, and, and and a special call out for the manager today. He's come under a lot of criticism and. I know there's a certain section of the fan base that don't support the fact that he's or don't believe in the decision to bring him back to the club, and that's fair enough. We're all entitled to our individual opinions, but you look at his record against Rangers, and it's one of the things that, you know, in those games, he you knows how to negotiate a win. Um, and some some players go missing in these big games against Rangers, and some managers don't have great records. But ren Rogers' record against Rangers, albeit they weren't they weren't as strong when Rogers first arrived, and obviously the gradually got a little bit stronger. Um, but he's now 14, 14 matches against Rangers and he's won 11 of those two draws and only one defeat so this is a guy who knows how to get these results against Rangers home and away and here you are, he's, he's delivered today because we haven't yet talked about him but we talk about how weak the team was particularly in defence, maybe not so much in midfield a lot of people are saying Tumble was a, was going to be a weak link but um, and Brendan Rogers has come up with a good. So, a special mention to him today and a, bit, a big day for him in regards to winning the fans over again after after coming back to the club.
0: Ah, he has. He's got a great record in this fixture and you do have confidence in him. That's why the, the last couple of weeks, even though the, the team's performance has been really poor, you've, you've still got confidence there in, in Rogers' ability as a coach. There's absolutely no doubt in that. Um, and he's proved it again today. Um, one of the things when he came back was that everybody was saying, aye, but it's a different Rangers. He's up against this time, but he's came out on top again today. Um, Darren, other good performers for us. Obviously, we mentioned McGregor, who I thought was excellent, um, dictated the game, particularly first half. Uh, I thought we looked a threat on the break. I thought Dyson made up put in a lot of brilliant work um, defensively, as he always does, uh, getting tackles in, getting his body in, um, and also making a couple of brilliant runs on the break. But again, it's just that final product. We had so many chances in that second half to kill the game. Uh, on the break and we just couldn't make anything of him?
2: Aye, I think during the game I got a wee bit heated and I really almost broke my TV with dies in my head sometimes because like you say, that final ball of his special on his left foot is pretty dire but it's just that, that stuff he does off the ball which Really does a lot for the team just going forward. He needs to, I think, he really needs to improve. I, 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 during the game, I always get really frustrated at him. And then after the game, I kind of look back and say, like he's done some aspects good, but this, this part of the game, his final ball when he's finishing, it really, really needs to improve on. But are ah, you right? We could have killed the game on because, as I says a few minutes ago, towards the last 15 minutes, Rangers started to open up a wee bit and. Kyle McGregor and Matt O'Reilly, they worked really well at getting the ball forward to especially to the wingers. And I thought Holm done that really good as well when he came on. Like he came on for Tumble, who I thought was a bit a passenger for most of the game. But um Holm kinda of stepped up a wee bit when he came on and basically from back to back uh, from the back line to the midfield to the attackers was just quite seamless getting the ball forward because Rangers were leaving such gaps. Yang especially, he kinda of worked well with all because I know they've obviously this kind of same country as well. Yeah. But um there was a big chance at the end. It's really frustrating me when um, Burnaby got forward and he put it in for all. And then I, I don't know what try, that touches. Tried to man. flick it around the corner. Aye, for that's, that's it crazy, overall, man. Aye. Aye. He but yeah. I mean, I think if you're, you know, if you if you take the emotion out of it at the time, if we've got better players there, we do maybe win that. I think I read one of the comments no, there that says. You. I read one of the comments here a few minutes ago that says if we had, you know, we're full strength team, we're winning that 2 or 3 0. I would, I would need to agree with that comment. I think, obviously, most of our, the, the, the three that started up front today, that's kind of your full strength three. But, you know, if you, if you put like Surreal Hatati into that and then you've got Luis Diaz who never came off the bench, if you've got better attackers there, we probably could have won that by a few more.
0: Aye, I think so. Martin, I thought, as I say, a wee bit cheap in possession of their own half at times in the second half, but the defence dealt. With whatever Rangers could could throw at them, first half I thought there's a couple of long balls they should have dealt better with. But um, to their credit, they, they did defend whenever Rangers tried to play through us, which wasn't very often. Um, and Joe Hart comes up with saves when we needed them. But it was those chances on the counter. Um, we had plenty of chances when they were up the pitch, breaking on them. Um, we could have been clinical. And I think Darren's right. I think a, a full strength Celtic team um, could have could have punished uh, those chances.
1: Well, de- definitely, in, in a game of that magnitude with that rivalry, you're never ever ever going to get you know ninety percent of the, the game all going your way. There's going to be spells in the game where the game goes against you. I think we were talking in the chat. There was a particular period in the first half. Where we had some. I think it was seventy nine percent possession over a ten minute period, um, and you will get those spells. You're just like they can't get the ball off us, and we're in complete control here. Rangers were, all, and and the other the other factor in a game is does a team go ahead. If a team goes ahead in a the game, then it's almost inevitable that the other team's going to get, you know, more, more, more. It's not a guarantee, but in a game like that, particularly if you're, you're saying we're pretty comfortable, we're ahead in the game. The, the other team, obviously, the onus is a name to try and attack, to, to try and get that 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 chance. It's going to get them the equalizer. So that, that there is a little bit inevitability in, in a situation like that. But I, I never ever felt, you know, eight minutes. Normally, be sitting and saying, oh, eight minutes. Head in your hands, can't watch. You know, hide, hide behind your hands. But I didn't feel that way in the game at all. I didn't not feel. Rangers often offered much, and in fact the two players that took off, Matondo and uh, and Roof, I thought would oh, have taken off their only attacking attacking threats. And as I say, the likes of Cantwell who I've not yet subscribed to this Campbell and what a great player is and you know, all the rest of it, but in the Rangers fans' I see their hero. And again, I thought he was he was really, really quiet in the game, so I, d- I didn't feel under any pressure. I knew they were always going to get a couple of half chances, and they did. But but that is always going to happen in a game like that, and I always felt we were capable of getting that second goal you know, the one that Dan's talking about when we went up the field and, you know, the initial pass was played in. It probably should have been played in earlier. Um, you know, with, rather than playing the, the, the pass in at the first opportunity, it was played in at the second opportunity after another pass in a couple of yards and it was played slightly behind or alongside the player rather than in front of the player. So, all oh, had to check back to get control of the ball and then think about, you know, that try, try to play that death pass in rather than had it been played just in front of him at the first opportunity, maybe not just to a Kyogo and, and slot it home in the corner. So, it was, you know, the chances that we had were, were as good as the chances that Rangers had. But overall, Paul, a really, really convincing win and a massive, massive statement. I mean, I don't know where Beale goes from here. I think the fans will turn against him now. I think I he's think a big, so big well. double. I
0: think so. Yeah. 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 Darren, um, it's a big win. It's always a big win uh, when you go to Ibrox and take three points. We're now four clear of them in the league um, after, after four games when we haven't really started playing yet, have we?
2: Well, that's kind of what I said um, during the game. Uh, Ten minutes ago, like that's that was Rangers' chance because we can only get better now. Like um, I think we're going to just this that national break. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what the the injury timeline is on on most of our players, but surely we should expect maybe you know two or three more back. I don't. I, I would like to know how long Alistair Johnson's if if hopefully he's going to be out long, for. Yeah. I know I hope, it was it was on his feet at the end and he was it was celebrating with the team. So hopefully it's just you know took them off as a, as a precaution but you know I, I do think that we can push on now because there was a I don't want to say it was a, a monkey on the on the shoulders a bit of negativity because of the unconvincing performances and then obviously the cup defeat to Kilmarnock really
0: yeah.
2: you know put a microscope under some of the performances but like Martin says this this is a bit of a statement today so going forward I think the players will get a bit of confidence for that not also that I think it will not get a lot of confidence at the Rangers um, but we can only focus on ourselves I think. So I think the going into the international break will we'll do good to get some players back, get them trained under Rodgers a wee bit more because there's still a few tweaks in his system that aren't right. I think the likes a Taylor needs to train under the manager a bit because, you know, he's, he looks lost just now. I think it's that transition from him going from, you know, inverted fullback to a, a conventional fullback has is, is really threw him off a wee bit. He's kinda of back to the, the Taylor that we saw before. Uh, and so a wee bit more training, and for even just the whole squad to to get to get to get to know each other, because there is some new faces. Not a lot of new faces for the starting eleven, but even just the depth players to train with everyone. Everyone should get better, I think.
0: Yeah, and that should give everybody huge confidence, Martin. The players, that the coaching staff, um, everybody should should feel a bit taller after going to Ibrox um, with no supporters and, and coming away with three points, it's a huge boost for us. The, the thing that I can't shake, though, coming away for that game, is I think that's that today underlines why the measuring stick for Celtic can't be how far it, you are ahead of Rangers. Because we know we're ahead of Rangers, we're in, we're in a bad way, we're in, injury depleted, and we've went to Ibrooks without any supporters and won relatively comfortably today. I think that's why we need to measure against these European clubs have a similar stature to us and, and think about how we move forward and progress beyond the domestic stuff. Because we've got the domestic stuff sorted. We've been so successful in recent seasons. but um, And obviously, it's a big rivalry. I understand that. No, nobody loves beating Rangers more than I do. But I just think if you're going to be satisfied constantly with beating Rangers and never pushing on at that higher level, then... Um, I don't think we'll get to where we should be and, and progress the way we should as a club
1: no, I, t- I totally agree I, I mean we, we've had lots of interesting discussions and debates in person and, and over social media just about the challenges in front of not just Scotland but you know oh, it's, it's, you get into the realms of economics don't you so the Saudi guys come along and, and make it more difficult for the, for the money men in the, in the English Premier League but the gulf is becoming bigger and bigger and bigger and, and there's so many consequences to that so player retention is becoming more difficult. Um, being able to sign players that are top, top players, not top, top players, being able to sign players that are decent and have a good standard is becoming more difficult. And we then just become a, a, a feeder club. You know, Players will come in and used to keep them for two or three years. Now we're lucky to keep them for a year because the difference in salary is huge. So it's becoming more of a challenge for us to compete in Europe. And that doesn't mean to say we should just roll over and say... You know, we don't have any appetite to, to, to get to the last sixteen in the Champions League or to even feature in the Champions League year in, year out. It will be interesting to see with the, the revamp next year, if that's worse or better for us. I suspect it's worse and it's gonna be it's gonna be harder to qualify. Um, but we all we all agree we want to be competing in Europe. It's just how difficult is it becoming with the economic environment to to bring to bring good players in and to keep good players and to keep up with the demands of those players. Um, there is very little um there are very few players who hang about our club. And maybe for James Forrest, Callum McGregor, one or two others that have hang about, you know, Scottish born and bred come through the academy, a real association and affiliation to the club. But other than that, you know, if you bring in some of these foreign players, they've, they've, they've no reason to hang about. I mean, we've even seen the likes of They're moving on. Understandably so. Nobody could really deny him the move and, and you know, the life-changing move that he made. First and foremost, we want wanted to be ahead of Rangers when it comes to all these records. Don't we? we want to win more trophies and we're nearly there. We want to win more leagues and we're nearly there. So, you know, the fans would like to to get over the line with that and it's coming. We know it's coming. It's inevitable. It's coming. It's just how long it will take. Will it be one year, two years or three years before we, we break all these sort of domestic records? And it will really, I mean, I've and butter has to be that we stay ahead of Rangers because you do tend to get cycles. If you look in England, you've had, Liverpool dominating, Man dominate, dominating, it's now Man City, who will it be next? Will it be Newcastle, will it be another club that dominates? It's that philosophy that nothing lasts forever. Um, although, somebody I work with tells me all the time that um, if you look at Celtic's history and, and you discount the first part of our history, then we have dominated Rangers over a, a long period of time, 40, 50 years, when you look at the trophies we've won. But it still comes in cycles, you know, Rangers had a nine in the road, didn't they? Um, in recent times, some of us have still got the scars for that nine in a row, and you know how difficult it was growing up when they were winning it. So they had that that period of dominance, and you see it in other countries as well. But we want that dominance to last forever, and that's a big ass, Paul. So, first and foremost, you know, that's our bread and butter. But I couldn't agree more. Wouldn't we like to go into the Champions League and, and get more than zero points, one point, two points? We'd like to go and get a couple of victories and get back those glory nights at Celtic Park where you did win your three home games. Mm. And we weren't very good and we've never been very good on the road, but could we go and get a victory or two on the road as well? And and this year I've got a wee feeling we've got a chance to do that, but it is going to be tough and we'll need to have our best players available. We'll need all these new sign ins. I think I said we brought, brought in nine sign ins, twenty two million we've spent on those sign-ins. Though the net spend might not be huge, but that's still a big outlay for those nine players. Now, how quickly can they come in and, and grab one of the one of the starting slots? And of course we want a Hitate his best and then CCV back in and there has been chat this week about there being a bit dividing the dressing room I don't subscribe to that because a lot of the early chat from the players O'Reilly in particular but other players as well were saying that they were enjoying some of what Brendan Rodgers brings um, he is different to Andrew. and you've seen all the plaudits Andrew's getting down south Andrew's was a one-off but I believe that Brendan Rodgers brings a lot from a man management perspective and with high hopes that he'll develop some of these players in the way that he did the last time as a Celtic
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely Darren back to the game today can you round us off with your man of the match? <coughs> oh, good question, mate. Good question.
2: Um I'll, I'll need to say my top my top three first of all. You know, second and third, I would need to say Cal McGregor and Matt O'Reilly. Two of them were brilliant in the midfield today. When I seen the Rangers line up, I kinda of thought that the battle in the game would have been one in midfield. And the two of them really, really stepped up and, and kind of got us going from there. Um but my man of the match is going to be Liam Scales. Um Probably a bit of a whipping boy after last week, because he's not not a big name, and you know he spent a, a last season last season on loan, and he's you know he's not he's not a Celtic caliber starting an eleven player, but he's has been forced by the manager, and you know he's been asked to do a job and come in at Ibrox, which can never be easy. I don't think he's ever even come off the bench at Ibrox. And like you mentioned at the end, the line the back four lineup itself, I thought he was probably the, the standout for them, and to get a clean sheet there, and from all the stick he got from last week, I would need to say Liam skills. Mm.
0: Yeah, he does. He does deserve credit. Liam Scales today, um, as I say, stood up and was counted and took his opportunity. For me, I've got to go Callum McGregor. I think he's so important to how we play, Martin. I thought today, even though he had the space and the time to dictate the tempo in the first half, he was brilliant. But it's it's so often the case that when Callum McGregor plays well, the team plays well. Um, And I thought that was the case today. So he's my man of the match. Who's yours?
1: Uh, mine's is McGregor too. I, I listened to Neil Lennon saying at half time that he thought McGregor had dominated the match, he'd bossed the match. You know, Rangers couldn't handle him, and I couldn't agree more. And again, he continued some of that into the second half. And as you say, it's so important for the team. He's come under a lot of criticism um, early, early stages of the season. After a couple of games, a lot of people calling him out. It's been one of the reasons that we're underperforming. But he's only human. You know, he can't be eight, nine, ten out of ten week in, week out. But he's come back and, and silenced some of those critics with his performance today. I thought he was exceptional. So for me, Calum
0: Yeah, there you go. That is it. For a live full-time reaction to Celtics 1-0 victory at Ibrox, whatever you're doing with your Sunday afternoon, enjoy it. I hear there's a party at George Square. Um, so you might want to get involved in that. Um, we'll be back uh, through the international break and uh, building towards the return against Dundee. So thank you for watching. Please don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already and we will see you soon. Thank you.